we have cold weather protocols that we deploy in this part of the world, right? When it gets really, really cold, all kinds of things happen. We've got a framework in place. We've got a system in place that we make sure people don't end up trapped out, you know, in the freezing cold. Do we need to do the same thing? Do we have to have a hot weather protocol that we can deploy in times when we need to? Well, maybe that's what our next guest says. We need to start thinking about. We're going to speak with Dr. Annabella Bonata, who is a manager and research associate at the Intac Center on Climate Adaptation at the University of Waterloo. Doctor, thank you for joining us. Appreciate your time. Hello, thank you for having me. And this is what we're talking about, right? It's adaptation, coming up with ways to try and deal with what could be deadly impacts of, you know, some of those forecast temperatures are crazy. They, they, that, that's dangerous stuff we're talking about here. It is. So extreme heat is the deadliest peril that we have in Canada and around the world. You know, we hear a lot about flooding. We hear a lot about uh, wildfire. But actually, the one that kills the most is extreme heat, as you've probably heard. And, and everything that you just mentioned uh, you know, workers are dying outside in, in southern U.S. just in those extreme temperatures. Um, and we saw with the heat dome here in B.C. in 2021, 619 deaths from extreme heat. So um, absolutely, this is serious. Yeah, and getting close to 50 degrees in the interior. We remember that. It was uh, it was unbelievable. So what do we do? I mean, are there strategies? Do we? I mean, other parts of the world have dealt with this kind of extreme heat. We know that. We, we're talking about Phoenix hitting 110 degrees for 19 days straight. 110 degrees is not out of the ordinary for summertime in Arizona or Las Vegas. I mean, the length of it and the fact it's gone well past that certainly is. But, I mean, there are countries and, and cities and places that deal with extreme heat. So do we know what we need to do to keep people safe? Yeah, that, that's the good news. We know because, as you just mentioned, other cities, other countries have been dealing with this for a very long time, not to the degree that they're dealing yeah, with it now, for sure. not for this length. Yeah, but absolutely. So we know that um, one of the very, very first things is to know where the most vulnerable population is. Those are actually the people that are the most affected by extreme heat. So people with chronic disease, people living in isolation, um, the elderly children um, and people living in homelessness. So if we can map out, know where these people are and have some sort of buddy system, check-in system and start there, uh, that's the best way to protect those populations in extreme heat. But there are like several things that we can absolutely do to start to prepare. Yeah, let's break it down because I think there, there's two categories I'm interested in. One is what we can do around our, our, our living space, the adaptations we can make to help. Because there are things we can do at the homeowner or even the renter level, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It, it starts with the residents. So feel empowered, feel like you can do something about this. So if you're renting, um, you can actually get some plants around your home. If you're in an apartment, you can put plants close to the windows. If you have a balcony, put plants around there too. Plants are really, really good at um, absorbing some of the heat, cooling down the space around them. Um, and also learn how to use your windows for ventilation the best way possible. So if it's going to cool down in the evening, open up your windows then. Um, you can install shutters um, and blinds. So blinds will be a bit less to uh, to pay for and install inside of your house or your condo, your apartment. Uh, but you can also start to put shutters outside uh, to really prevent that sunshine from getting in at the at the highest times of the day. Um, and green your space as much as possible, which could be difficult in an apartment. Yeah. Uh, but as I said, even plants around your windows will will help to decrease a little bit of that temperature. I, I was talking to a guy. He actually he does the morning show in Calgary this morning. He says he's looking into increasing the insulation uh, in his attic because that can help keep the house cool just as well as it keeps the house warm. That's true, I guess, right? I mean, better insulation is better insulation. 
Absolutely. So, so many of us already do this for the winter yeah, for and sure. to be more energy efficient exactly in the winter, not to lose the heat that we have inside of our home, not to let the cool air in. It's the same for summer. So we, we want to do the same thing. Increase your um, your insulation, use draft strips and your windows, your doors. And that will really help to keep that humidity and really hot air outside and keep the, the cooler air inside um, as you draw your curtains and Yep, that's absolutely a way to do this. Yeah, it makes really good sense. The other one that I want to ask you about, we've talked about this before on the air. We've had other guests talking about the fact that living in cities uh, automatically tax on some added heat, right? We've got these, I, I can't remember the term for it, but a heat island, I think. And we've done that to ourselves with the urban areas that we've created and the way that we've built them. There's some issues around the concrete in particular, right? Yes, so it's the urban heat island effect, so you got that. Um, so pavement actually absorbs heat and releases it at nighttime when it's, when the temperatures aren't really going down. So we, we've done that to ourselves and it's yeah. not great. Um, so as we look at improving our cities, our towns, around our buildings and our homes, more greenery will absolutely decrease those temperatures. So I was asked recently, does that actually work? And you know what? Just go outside, walk plain sunshine, move over under a tree, and you will feel oh. the temperature difference underneath a tree and touch the pavement. You'll feel it. Um, so absolutely, the pavement is problematic for us. So as we think of improving our cities, more greenery, more parks, spaces, so that everybody has access to cooling. Um, in, in terms of the way we design cities, uh, like you say, you know, adding more green is great, but are, do we, is there things we could do differently in terms of just the way we, you know, actually design the way that cities develop that could make things better for us? Yeah, and that's something that I think everybody's looking into now because people even want to live close to parks or if there's a creek, um, use that creek and build around it in a way that's useful. Uh, so just more shaded spaces as well. So if you can't immediately take away a pavement right now, just provide um, shade and that will already decrease uh, the temperatures. But this is something, it, so we already have cities around, so we're doing as much as we can with what we have, but as we develop new communities yeah, yeah. that needs to be put in. You mentioned people, and this this is part of it. I, and it, you know, I know when it gets really cold outside, the people who work outside there's a there's a cutoff point, there's a threshold. I used to coach minor hockey. You know, if we had an outdoor practice, if it hit minus twenty one, that was it. There was no outdoor practice. We just say it's it's too much. It's it's too dangerous. Do we do the same thing on the other side with people who have to work outside in intense heat or or things like that? Is there a point where we say, you know what, it's just not safe anymore? And do we need to have a framework around you know the people who can't get inside somewhere nice and cool and what we can do to help them yeah so i i don't think there's a law to protect yeah, against, i don't think so uh, out, outdoor workers now and we absolutely need that so as you mentioned with hockey we have that with daycare so we know that children can't be outside past a certain temperature in the summer and they stay inside in the cool but what about construction workers yeah. or anybody that's working outside um they absolutely need to be protected so one of the people that died this season in texas was working outside um, so change work hours, provide a cooling area, provide hydration, and give them all the information of what it feels like uh, when the symptoms of extreme heat are coming on, like what what a, what heat stroke feels like. So awareness, education, and provide a space for them to cool off. Uh, this is something we're starting to see, but it, as the heat waves get more intense and longer in the future, we really need to consider this for our outdoor workers. You're absolutely right. Yeah, it can be so dangerous. Doctor, great stuff. I really appreciate you joining us today. Thank you so much.